You're listening to a Centro Church podcast. We're five weeks into our series on emotional healthy spirituality. And the whole idea behind emotionally healthy spirituality is that sometimes we've separated the idea of emotions and spirituality. But the whole uh, idea that we've been looking at is that to be spiritually mature is to be emotionally mature. And so we have to link those two things together. Emotional health is intrinsically uh, aligned with spiritual health. And so we've looked at, uh, at, at what an emotionally healthy spirituality looks like. Uh, last week, Tim looked at the wall, which is where uh, we, we get brought to a situation or a circumstance in life where it, beyond our control, where circumstances that beyond our control bring us to this point where, where uh, we're caused to doubt, we're caused to, to possibly even question God. But if we can get through that wall, if we can push through that wall, then there's an incredible amount of gold on the other side of that. Um, But this morning we're going to look at, uh, it's a type of wall, it's it's a very specific type of wall, but it's so universal in its application that it's really important that we look at this in isolation. Uh, And that's the whole idea of grief and loss. Uh, like I said, it's, it's universal in its application. It's universal in who it's actually affecting. Every single person on this planet will at some stage be affected by loss. And, and as a result, will have to grieve. And, and it's, it's one of those things that you don't get a, a handbook or you don't get a model when you come into this world on how to, how to process loss, on how to process grief. And sometimes in church, we stick away from it because it's like, we don't want to say things that are going to offend. We don't want to say things that are going to bring back uh, negative or hurtful memories. But I think that it's so important that as Christians, we understand the necessity and also how to process loss and grief. Uh, Because grief happens in all manner of circumstances. When you think grief, you probably automatically go towards the loss of a loved one. But loss is so greater than just the loss of a loved one or a family member. Loss, it can be so pervasive. It can be so all-encompassing. It might be, and, and this could be very real for people right now, it might be that you've lost your job. It might be that you've lost your sense of security. It might be that you've lost your hope. It might be that you've lost your purpose. Loss is so, in, it, it's all encompassing. It's, it's, it's all consuming sometimes. And you, know, you, you might have experienced loss in the form of a miscarriage. You might experience loss in the form of infertility. You might experience loss in the terms of friendship. You might uh, experience loss in terms of the ability to do what you were once able to do. You might have experienced the loss of mobility, and, uh, and that can be a really hard thing to process. But if we, we need to begin to bring that to Jesus. We need to bring that to the cross. We need to be able to process that with Jesus in mind and, and with our emotions and bring them to Jesus, because Jesus was not void of emotion. Jesus was involved in emotion. He was in there. He was emotive as a human being, just like you and I are. Grief is one of those things that unify and unite all of humanity. You know, we experience loss and we'll we'll experience grief. But how do we grieve 
in a way that honors God and in a way that brings us to emotionally healthy spirituality. See, grief is so different depending on which person you talk to, depending on their history, depending on their culture, depending on the media at the time. Grief is so different. Uh, I've been to a number of different funerals and different cultures grieve differently, but that can also differ from person to person. So how do we navigate what's right, what's godly, and, and, and how we can move to an emotionally healthy position? You know, this topic, it's not one that's, can I say, fun? Uh, you know, you can't really make jokes about grief and loss. And so, you know, if you're expecting that I'm going to make jokes about it, I'm certainly not. Because it is, it's such a deep issue and it affects so many people in such a profound way. And so I, I think that as we tackle this, we have to tackle it with a certain measure of sobriety and, and a certain measure of depth uh, as well. So, uh, you know, for those that are out there that are experiencing grief right now, you know, we, we're praying for you, we're partnering with you, and, and we don't want to minimize that grief. We don't want to minimize that loss by any stretch. We want to partner with you. We, wanna, we want God to be present in that grief. We want God to be present in that loss. You know, the truth is that the Bible is actually full of loss. If you read the Bible, you don't have to read too far to realize that it encompasses loss. The Bible has loss in it. You don't have to go, you can read the first chapter of Genesis to realize that there's loss. Adam and Eve experienced the loss of perfection. They experienced the loss of Eden. And, uh, and then we move into the next kind of part of, of scripture and we realize that then we see the loss of life in Cain and Abel. And so the Bible actually records and, and, and displays grief and loss so many times. Jesus himself grieved. The Holy Spirit grieves. You know, God is not a God that is, av- is avoiding grief. God is not a, a God that is distant. He is present in our grief because he himself also grieves. A number of times in scripture you can see how God grieves for the children of Israel. And, uh, and so it's important. This is actually a God-motivated and a God-defined emotion. And uh, so we need to be able to process that in line with God's word and in line with God. So how do we grieve in a God-honoring way? Uh, Jesus gives us a model for grief in the book of John. And uh, if you've got your Bibles there, uh, it's found in John chapter 11, verses 30 to 36. And it says this, and I'll give you the background. So Jesus has just heard that his, one of his very close friends, Lazarus, has died. And uh, he was in another city and has come and Lazarus has been dead for now a number of days. And Jesus walks into this situation where grief is present and loss is present. And it says this in, cha- in chapter 11, verses, verse 30. It said, Jesus had stayed outside the village at the place where Martha met him. When the people who were at the house consoling Mary saw her leave so hastily, they assumed she was going to Lazarus's grave to weep. So they followed her there. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people weeping with her, a deep anger welled up within him and he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? He asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see. And then Jesus wept. In the middle of this emotion, in in the middle of this chaos, Jesus himself weeps for the loss of his friend. 
and the loss of the loved one of, of Mary and Martha. Jesus himself puts himself in this moment of grief, grief and he wept. And the people nearby said, see how much he loved him. But some, but some said, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have keep, kept Lazarus from dying? So you see that Jesus himself, the epitome of human, the epitome of God, grieved for his friend, for the loss of a loved one. And, and so I think sometimes we can get caught up in this whole, well, grief is actually a negative emotion. We don't need that kind of negativity in the church. We don't need that kind of negativity in my life. And so we push grief to the back burner and say, well, that's not, that's not a God emotion. I'm just going to put that over there and I'm not going to embrace it. I'm not going to explore it. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to leave it over there so that it can gather dust. But if we don't process grief properly, we can find that the, the problem is that we bottle it up. And, and then we leak over here and we leak over there and we leak over here. And the problem is, when you, when, if we don't grieve properly, leaking people can actually hurt leaking people. And so grief is so important to process. It's important not to stay in grief, absolutely. But it's important to actually explore it and, and see just what God has in grief to enlarge our capacity, to enlarge our soul. And so Jesus actually gave us in that passage of Scripture one key thing, and we're going to look at three key things this morning. And so the first key thing that we're going to look at this morning is that when Jesus was in that position, he was present. He was present in his emotions. He didn't try to push them aside. He didn't try to lower them. He didn't try to suppress them. Jesus actually embraced them. Rather than saying, well, you know, I'm not going to grieve here, that kind of Western stiff upper lip, let's just kind of leave it over there. Jesus was enveloped by grief. He was enveloped by emotion. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I think we need to make sure that when, we're, when we experience loss, we actually are present in our emotions. We're not distant. We're not ashamed of them. We're not afraid of them. That in that moment of loss, we can actually grieve and, and explore those emotions and not worry about trying to put on a, a politically correct statement or a politically correct understanding. You know, in our Western culture, we can sometimes be afraid of feeling. We can sometimes be afraid of letting feelings overtake us, but that's exactly what Jesus did in this, in this emotional time. You know, I don't know... I don't know whether you've experienced loss and you've felt, well, there's, there's somebody that's going through something way worse than me. I don't have a right to feel bad. I don't have a right to feel sad. I don't have a right to feel angry. But Jesus, in this, in this passage of Scripture, he felt angry and he felt sad and he was emotional and he wept. Historically, if you look at the way that we grieve, we, it's actually changed a, in, in a monument. There's been a monumental shift in the way that we grieve. In the, in the turn of the century, in the 20th century, uh, if, if you were to attend a funeral, it would be a very small number of people in a graveside committal. Funerals in churches have only been a recent phenomenon. There'd, there'd be, and, and, and people would wear black. They would mourn. They would grieve. And uh, even if you have a look historically, Queen Victoria grieved for the rest of her life after her husband died. There, there was this almost innate sense or, or push to grieve and push to be emotional. 
And so, so we've moved from that, and, and then, then we moved into the, the idea of a, a, a ceremony in a church where, where we have the, the coffin or the casket present, and, and we invite family and friends and those impacted. And now we move to a, a new phenomenon, which is a celebration of life service, which there's nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that, provided that we actually leave space and time to grieve. You know, it, it, I think it's fantastic that we celebrate people's lives. I think it's fantastic that we celebrate their achievements, their influences, their impacts. But I think it's also just as important that we actually are aware of the profound impact that their loss brings. And uh, if we don't do that, sometimes we can see our, our, our wounds close over. And um, I remember I once had a, a quite, quite a, a large wound on my leg. And uh, the doctor said that that wound had to close from, the, from the, the bottom up so that it didn't just close over and then infection can get in, uh, pus can get in, it's gross, I know, I'm sorry. But it's the same way with grief. If we don't grieve properly, then other things can get in. In that space where grief was supposed to take place, in that space where emotions were supposed to take place, if we don't put in godly emotion and bring that to God, God is not afraid of our emotion. God is not afraid of our loss. God is not afraid of what we're feeling. And, and, and one skill that I think we've lost as a, as a society is the ability to lament. There's a whole book in the, in the Old Testament called Lamentations, which is literally just a poetic lament. It's a poetic emotional outpouring toward God. If you look at the Psalms, over 60% of the Psalms are actually David lamenting. He's lamenting his, his situation. He's re- lamenting his loss. He's lamenting what, what, what's been taken away from him. He's lamenting his own failures. And so it's important that we as Christians actually bring a lament to God. God, I don't understand how this has happened. I don't understand why this has happened. I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling sad. God, I, I just don't know what's happening. In Lamentations, it's, it's the perfect Example of, of, of po- poetic lamentation, and you know, maybe you not, might not have the poetic skills, but it's important to lament. And uh, we need to, because when we lament, we're present in our emotion, we're present in our feelings. And I don't know, maybe for you it might be keeping a journal. Maybe for you it might be keeping a record of, of that loss or that time. But it's really important that we actually outwork what's happening on the inside. Because if we, if we keep it down, if we keep it pushed down, then the, the possibility is that it will come up again in the wrong context, in the wrong time. And so it's important that we're actually present. See, there is a time to lament. Lamenting is not a negative thing. Ecclesiastes said that there is a time for mourning. There's a time to push into that emotion. There's a time to push into that sadness, that loss. You know, we shouldn't stay in lament, but there is certainly a time for lament. And, uh, you know, we need to make sure that, because we need, we need to get to a place where God is present in the unraveling of our emotions. You know, it's not a rant to God, but it's just saying, God, this is how I'm feeling. God, this is where I am at the moment. God, this is how it's hurting me at the moment. I know that, I know that you understand how it's, how it's hurting because, you know, we're reminded that, that we have a great high priest in Jesus who's experienced every emotion that we've experienced. And so we need to be not scared to bring God into our grief, not scared to bring God into our emotions so that we can actually process together. I remember 
um, I was watching this series on Netflix or something, but it, it was just a stupid series. And I remember just sitting there watching and it was the final episode and, and something really sad happened. And I just remember sitting on my couch, a mess, an absolute mess, bawling my eyes out. And, and it wasn't that I was really attached to what was happening in the show, but it was that it actually had struck a chord within me. And, um, and I remember trying to catch myself to say, oh, that's not healthy. Don't do that. I was by myself. Uh, and I, but, I, but I still thought to myself, I need to get away from this. I can't, I can't be like this. This isn't how I'm supposed to be. But as I read scripture, that's exactly how we're supposed to be. If it's there, bring God into it. And so I wish I could say that at that time, I said, you know, God, this has obviously struck a chord with me. There's obviously a hurt with me there. Um, I'm just going to, I don't know why, I don't understand how this is happening. But Lord, just be present. I wish I had said that in hindsight of looking at this whole idea of being emotionally healthy. But instead, I just said, what are you doing, you idiot? And, uh, and I moved on. But that's not how God wants us to be. We need to be present when we experience loss and when we experience grief. The second thing that we need to do is that we need to actually get to a place. Uh, the second thing that we need to do if we want to enhance and enlarge our soul when we experience grief and loss, because remember, everybody is going to experience grief and loss. Everybody is going to have that experience in life, but only some people will actually enlarge their soul if, when that takes place. So we want to be people that enlarge our soul when we experience grief and loss. But the second thing that we need to do is we need to actually be ready and patient in the waiting. We need to be ready and waiting for God to do something in the waiting. In the waiting is where God does his most amazing work. In the waiting is where God does his most incredible work. In the waiting, in that irrational, vulnerable, psychotic time, in the waiting, God is forming us. He's creating us. And so we need to make sure that in that waiting that we don't just try to put our own agenda forward, that we don't try and just gloss over it, that we don't try and medicate. And when I say medicate, I'm not necessarily talking about a pill. You might medicate with busyness. You might medicate with alcohol. You might medicate with, uh, you know, just binge watching shows. It's important that in those waiting times of grief, that, that we actually allow God to take a hold of our soul and, and, and move it and change it so that we can move forward. See, oftentimes we're looking for a bridge. We see loss and we want to get over that loss and then we can move on. But God wants to take us through the journey. He wants to take us through the waters. Because in the waters, we're actually crafted. We're molded. In the waters, we're malleable. But if we're just going over the bridge all the time, we actually miss the changing nature that God wants to bring us. You know, uh, we say, God, I'm here. Take me there. God, I'm here. Take me there. But the truth is, God wants to take us on that journey to get there. We will get there, but he wants to move us to a point where we're actually understanding him and molded by him. It's in this waiting time that God does the most deep and transformational work. You know, I've seen a lot of people experience loss and then they get down to business the next day. And it might be starting a charity. It might be starting research. It might be something else. But the truth is that in that waiting time, we need to just be present. And be, be, be there so that God can actually move us forward. And be alert. I think it's, it's really important in that waiting time that we're alert to temptation. 
Because in that waiting time, temptation is going to be rampant. Because there's almost, a, there's almost a sense in which, well, I've experienced this, blow everything that I've thought or believed, I'm just going to go and do this. But it's really important in that waiting time that we're alert to temptation and we're alert to those things that would come in that absence. And so, uh, you know, we need to be slowing down and ready for God to do his greatest work. Abraham is the greatest example of somebody who was impatient in the waiting. Abraham was given a promise by God that he would be a great nation and that a great nation would come from him. But he got impatient. And so he slept with his his wife's servant, Hagar, so that she could give birth to a son because that's how he thought he would get the promise. And the truth is that in church and in life, people are giving birth to Hagar all the time, giving birth to an Ishmael, Hagar's son, sorry. The people are giving birth to Ishmael's all over church, all over the world, because they're impatient in that waiting. They're here, and they know that God wants to take them here, but in that waiting, they're trying to create bridges when God wants to take us through the water. And so it's a hard thing. I'm not saying that it's easy, but it's necessary if we want to be real and we want to be present so that God can bring the greatest growth forward. The last thing uh, that, that we need to do if we're, when we're experiencing grief and loss or if we're experiencing grief and loss is that we need to look on the other side for the blessing. See, there's a blessing on the other side of grief and loss. And I know that's really hard for me to say. It's really hard for me to say to the person that's just lost a loved one, there's a blessing on the other side. But you need to know that the truth is there is a blessing on the other side. You might not know what it looks like. You might not know what it feels like, but there is a blessing on the other side. I don't know how many charities have started. I don't know how many research has been done into diseases because somebody has experienced grief and loss. But without that grief and loss, that charity wouldn't be there. That research wouldn't have taken place. The truth is that if we want to see a great blessing, then there has to be a a grief and a loss because without grief and loss, there is no resurrection. Jesus was the greatest example of this. He died and people grieved. People grieved the loss. They they lost hope. They lost everything that Jesus stood for. But in three days, he was resurrected. And the truth is that model still continues today. That even though you're experiencing a death, a loss, a grief, that there will be a resurrection. And look for the blessing. It empowers and, and, and the blessing might be simply... That it enhances your knowledge of God. Because when we go through loss, it empowers the, I don't know. I don't know why this is happening. And, and you get a greater mystery of God. Because God is God and we're not. And sometimes we don't know. And sometimes when we experience grief and loss, it empowers that thought. It empowers that knowledge that, hey, I, I don't know what's going on here. I'm feeling pain. I'm feeling hurt. But I know that there is a God that's greater. There's a God that's higher. And we, if we push into that, it will, it will unlock a depth of relationship with God. It will unlock a, a depth of relationship with others. I think that it opens up an appreciation of those that are around about us. Grief and loss highlight the need for other people. And so, it, again, it, it's looking for the positive. It's looking for that blessing. And the writer of this series that we're doing, Peter Schizero, he says this. He says, loss marks the place where self-knowledge and powerful transformation happen. If we can embrace that, we can see the place take place where self-knowledge and powerful transformation 
happen. I'm going to pray for us all. And I just encourage you, if you're where you are, uh, just, you know, you, you can just close your eyes. But Lord, I just pray for those that have experienced grief, those that are experiencing grief at the moment. Lord, I, I thank you that, that you are present in that grief, that you're not distant. And Lord, that you want us to explore our emotions, that you want us to bring them to you, that you want us to be there. And I pray that by your Holy Spirit, right now, for those that are grieving, for those that are experiencing loss, I pray that you would be there in the peace. You would bring comfort. You would bring solace, Lord, as people go through these really tough emotions. And Lord, I pray for those that have come through grief or come through loss, but are still struggling. Lord, again, I pray that you would send your Holy Spirit and you would send him to bring comfort and peace and and, and that there would be a knowledge. And Lord, I pray that for those that are in that waiting period, I pray that you would send grace so that they can experience that, so that they can be molded, so that they can be transformed, so that they can be enlarged by you for your purposes. And Lord, I just pray for people that are struggling to see the blessing. They're struggling to see the resurrection that's coming. Lord, I pray that you would give them a vision of that. You would give them an understanding that it would be a clear deposit in their heart, Lord. And we thank you that you are the great comforter. You are the great high priest that is not away from our suffering, but you've experienced our suffering through your son, Jesus Christ. We pray this in your mighty name. And everybody said, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast.